wonder if I can invite you to open your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to continue on with this series about how we think affects how we live. And the, we're focusing on really two verses, but I'd like to expand it a bit today. And if you'd be willing, I would certainly invite you back these next four weeks because I'm going to progressively push this deeper and deeper, uh, very specifically for four consecutive weeks. So the, the verses that we're focusing on together over these weeks are 8 and 9, chapter 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I want to really emphasize this over these next four weeks. Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. People of God, this is the Word of God. So slide eight, please. Uh, and let me, let me, let me go. this is what I'm going to look at. These next four weeks, I want to I come at these, these simple words, true, noble. Let, let's, let's review a second. Last week's sermon, we basically talked about transcendent truth, and personal truth, remember? Yes, you got that? Transcendent, personal, and when the intersection is what is actually true. Now let me take you a different direction over these next weeks. I'm gonna use back this outline again and again. We want to think, move deeper, we want to ponder, we want to practice, because there is a promise. Now let me, let me mess with it for just a little bit. Listen to this sentence. See if this resonates with you. What we are fascinated by becomes what we are fascinated with. Let me say that again. What we are fascinated by becomes what we are fascinated with. So think about, would you just reflect on what has been a, a primary thought in your own heart and mind this past week? Do you have one? What was the prime? What have you thought about for the week? Where did you go online in light of your thinking? What have you watched? What have you talked about? What have you worried about? What have you had conversations about? Whatever we are fascinated by becomes what we become fascinated with. Now, I'm gonna, I'd like to just really mess with you for just a couple weeks now. I've done this many times over the years, but one more time. This controls your and my life. What we think controls how we live. So St. Paul is gonna give six things. Think about this, 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 this. Think about these things, ponder these things, practice these things, and the result is, I'll explain that in just a moment. Now, stay with me now. The Bible says, listen, the Bible says, if you have been born from above, if you've been born again, listen, you have the mind of Christ. Did you hear what I just said? You have 
the mind of Christ. So St. Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, use the mind of Christ that you have and focus on what is beautiful, what is like Jesus. Now here's my concern, I've been poking at this for years now, so just let me exaggerate, but I'm not. If you take your primary thing you think about most, most significantly, and if we are distracted by so many thoughts, people, events, times, and all kinds of stuff, well, how, do we, how are we? How are we, people? How many illicit drugs are we taking in this church? How much alcohol are we using in this church? How many sex partners are we dancing with in this church? How much fear is raging through us in this church? How much anxiety is filling us in this church? You have the mind of Christ. So, think about what is true, what is noble, what is pure, and what happens? The mind of Christ that is in you begins to blossom, begins to inform, begins to shape, begins to change. But if we're thinking about, if we're thinking about whatever is impure, whatever is not true, whatever is not excellent. So just recently the basketball, professional basketball season ended. We don't watch much uh, regular television in our home, but we watch some of the NBA games, and I watch the trailers of different shows that were being advertised. Did you see any of those? As someone who's been involved with demons for 40 years, I'm blown away by the demonic stuff that's coming into my house on the big screen. Whatever is truth, not true, not pure, not praiseworthy, not excellent. It's coming in, it's coming in, it's coming in, it's coming in, it's coming in. So what happens how we think? We're afraid, we're afraid, we're fearful, we're posting, we're angry, we're crabby, we're mitch. Now what's the bookends? Back to slide eight, please. What's the promise? If we think about these things, if we ponder these things, if we practice these things, what's the promise? Verse seven, the peace of God will be with you and the peace of God, verse nine, will be in you. Listen, if you are racked with anxiety, if you're overcome with fear right now, could it be, could it be, could it be that you're not thinking about what is true and what is pure? and what is right, and what is praiseworthy. Follow me. What we think about affects how we feel, affects how we live. You have the mind of Christ. Do you, you know that, don't you? Let me say it again. 
you, if you are in Christ, you have his mind in you. That should be informing, helping, encouraging, guiding how you live. So St. Paul says, think about these things. Let me talk about the mind for just a moment. Are you following me okay this morning? Are you following me? Okay. I, get a, I need to read two paragraphs because I want to be real precise. I want to talk about the mind now. Listen, listen to this. The capacity of the human brain is the subject of ever-widening scientific wonder. It's 12 to 14 billion cells. 12 to 14 billion cells are only a shadow of its complete. Because each cell sends thousands of connecting tendrils so that a single cell in your brain can be connected to 10,000 neighboring cells. And all these are constantly working, providing impulse. Your 12 to 14 billion cells in your brains times 10,000 connectors make your mind the single most important thing on the planet. Listen to this. The mind's activity has been compared to thousands of switchboards big enough to serve all the people, all the schools, all the businesses, and all the sports teams of New York City, all running at full speed. Put another way, there is more electronic impulse in your single brain, each of our brains, than all radio stations and televisions of the world combined. That is in your brain. Next paragraph. The dizzying potential of the human mind reaches its apex in the possibility of believers possessing the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. No computer, no bot, no AI will ever be able to think God's thoughts, nor will any device be able to know the heart of God or do his work. You have the mind of Christ. You hear what I just said? You. You have the mind of Jesus Christ. I'll play with you. Who's the smartest man who ever lived? Jesus. Died, rose, ascended, pours out his spirit. He is longing to build, to create, to work in your brain, in your mind that you can live in and from his mind and his heart. And that's why St. Paul says, think about what is true. Think about what is noble. Think about what is right. Now here's my, this, this is not, for years I've been throwing the bait out. This is, this is, this is the thing that just keeps me up at night. Is I am, if, if I am, permitted to be an under-shepherd, under Jesus, the great shepherd. I get to be an under-shepherd here. The great concern I have is that so many of us are so distracted on so many things that we're missing the head and the heart of Jesus because that's the place from which you have life. And our passage, peace with God, peace of God, is yours as you develop the mind of Christ. 
So I'm, I'm over here, oh, posting. I gotta watch here. Oh, oh. And so what I focus on, what is not true? What is not noble? What is not praiseworthy? What is not excellent? And then I'm filled with anxiety and I'm filled with fear and I'm so crabby and I'm so pessimistic because the world sucks and everything's bad and we're all going to hell and America's terrible. And St. Paul says, do you want the peace of God to be with you? Do you want the peace of God to be in you? Think about these things. So here's my little card. So I'm going to hide where I use my little card. If I use the phrase, the pause that refreshes, Stoplights, check outlines, can't sleep at night, driving in the car. Kevin, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, Kevin, Kevin, think about those things. This is what runs your life. No. But this and this are connected. So what happens here affects here. So what we're trying to do in this passage is say, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever, think about those things. So again, I, let me stop. I talk too much. Time out. Would you talk with each other? Slide seven. So I just threw a whole bunch of fast really quickly. So how about a neighborhood conversation? If you're willing, if you choose, as you think about what you think about, what are the things you think about most in the course of your day? What are the results of your thinking? Do you find them helping you to flourish or do they cause you to decay? Can we take three or four minutes? If you're comfortable, could you talk with someone around you? If someone's by themselves, invite them over. Can we just take three or four minutes? If you don't want to, pretend you're praying. On your marks, get set, go. Well done. Thank you so much. Well done. Now, let me, let, I'm going to read another paragraph, and I want to go back to the passage, and I want to go through it. Here, here's my, here's, here, so think about these things, such things, verse 9. Listen to this. This is a critical idea. Listen to my words. There is no enduring change in our lives. There is no meaningful Jesus-exalting, sin-killing growth apart from a transformed mind. Our minds matter. They matter eternally. Now listen, to, I'm trying to take the words of the Scripture and put it into a sentence. St. Paul tells us to think about true things, not lies. Ponder and reflect upon what is noble and dignified, not in what is vulgar, Meditate on what is right and just, not as what, on what is wrong and distorted. Focus on what is pure, not sleazy. Fix our thinking on what is admirable and praiseworthy, not offensive and ugly. How we think affects how we live. Now go back to the passage. Would you may take you through just a little bit, and then I'm going to show you the bookends, and then I want to go a different direction. So chapter 4, verse 8. 
Finally, brothers and sisters, here's the list of six things. Whatever is true, last week, transcendent, personal truth, with the intersection, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now look how it becomes communal in verse nine. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So verse eight, specific things that we think about, ponder, practice, but look at verse nine. What you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So there are two things going on here. You have the personal side in which we're invited, each of us, to exercise, to live in and live from the mind of Christ, to grow up the mind of Christ. In fact, let me get one quote. I think it's slide, spiritual practices, uh, number six. Think, Think about this, spiritual practices matter. The greater the repetition, the greater the impact. Where there is little repetition, there is little flourishing, little impact. So this is, this is just common sense. A, a, a world-class piano player, she spends 10,000 hours, and if you go to listen to her play, she plays effortlessly. It's just, it's just remarkable. But she's practiced for 10,000 hours, and she's magnificent. We just think, oh, why do we think this not applies to our relationship with Jesus? Why wouldn't it take 10,000 hours of connecting to the mind of Christ to live from the mind of Christ? So you just come to church for an hour, sing a few songs, listen to some old guy talk, and we go home. But what happens if whatever is true, you start thinking, what, what is true? What if the words of Jesus become part of who you are, part of who we are, and you start thinking about what is what is, what is transcendent and personal truth coming together? What is, what is that? Think about those things. The word noble, I'm going to get at in just a moment. I'll define that. But what happens if, if we start? So the last service, we, uh, second row, where, where um, Harriman sit is, is a young man named, you know John with the dreadlocks? Wonderful John. John's a crazy runner. H- how do you run marathons? You practice like crazy over a period of time with a very regimented schedule so you can run 26 miles. Why do we think we don't have to develop patterns, repetition, things, so that the mind of Christ just becomes part of us? So that the heart of Jesus just comes out of us. Remember this series we talked about loving, the word love, agapao? I said, stop being Christian. Don't be Christians anymore. Be disciples of Jesus. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you don't become loving, you just are loving. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? It's as though Jesus lived his life in us, from us, through us. We just are loving. If you develop spiritual practices as you are wired, so for John, he's running marathons, he's running like crazy, and he's thinking scripture. He's thinking a phrase, he's doing breath prayers as he runs. What begins to happen to John? John becomes a man who is just thinking about what is true. What is noble? And all of a sudden, you see a man, we can see each other. 
learn what you see in practice. Pra- look, who among us, who among us, listen, who among us, who in your life speaks truth with love? Who lives noble? I'll tell you the word what noble means. Noble means honorable, dignified. Who's a person who lives a noble life? Could you be like them? Lord, help me develop your mind, your heart, that I can be a person who lives in nobility. Let me explain noble real quick a minute. I will go back. Yeah, let me do noble. Um, uh, number five. So every week I'm asking our teachers to, to give you the Greek word just, just, just so you, just you see where it comes from. But the word for, for to use translated noble, ESV is honorable, it's dignified. So if you are a person who has the mind of Christ and you're thinking on what is noble, you are pondering what is noble, you are practicing, a noble person is thoughtful and steady not flustered by outward circumstances and carries a non-anxious presence. That's a noble. Who's a noble person in your life? So St. Paul says what you have heard and seen in me, who's someone you could follow, who, who, someone you know and you love, who, who lives from the mind of Christ, who's growing in the mind of Christ? How can you practice spiritual rhythms so that you can become the person in whom the spirit of Jesus is just raising beautiful thoughts and beautiful ideas? So that's what the word noble means. Whatever is true, last week, transcendent personal truth, whatever is true, now whatever is noble, thoughtful, steady. Now, let me play with non-anxious presence real quick. If you read people like Friedman, Sayers, uh, Steinke, Bowen, a bunch of scholars and pastors. We're living, as we talked about in the Exile series, we're living post-Christendom. So in post-Christendom, this is probably the reality in America today. Approximately 20% of Americans actively attend worship on a somewhat regular basis. Um, in Marion County, it's about 24%. In cities, it's 4 to 5%. So that means, think about this now, if in, the, in Christendom there was a worldview that we, we didn't have to accept, but we generally acknowledge together. So I don't, I'm not throwing anyone on the bus when I say this, but most political leaders, most economic leaders, most entertainment leaders, most sports leaders do not live from the mind of Christ. So in this season, when the mind of Christ is not seen in very many, we see lots of chaos all around. They talk about living in a gray zone between one epoch to the next. According to all these scholars and leaders and pastors, what is needed among Christian people, it's that we carry a non-anxious presence. How do you do that? Think about these things. Think ponder, practice, and the promise is peace. So let me just ask, are you filled with anxiety today or in this past week? Are you dealing with lots of fear? May I push? Are you thinking, focusing on what is not true? What is not noble? 
what is not pure, what is not just, what is not trustworthy, what is not excellent. If you're thinking about those things, what do we need today? We need women and men and boys and girls who are noble. We need women and men and boys and girls who carry the non-anxious presence of Jesus. Think about these things. So let's go a little farther. Let me take you this way. You look at your Bibles again. I'm gonna connect verses eight and nine and 11 and 13. In fact, let me start at verse seven. So verse seven, and the God of peace, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, the peace of God, shalom, which is bigger than what we can understand, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard it. Peace will guard us. And then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think, ponder, practice. Now look where the practice comes in, verse nine. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So look at verse seven. The peace of God is in you, Verse uh, nine, the peace of God will be with you. How does it happen? By think about these things. So what does it look like? Verse nine, look, look, I'm, I'm sorry, go to verse, um, verse 11. So St. Paul continues to write, verse 11, what does it look like? I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. How? Verse eight, he's thinking about whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. What happens? I have learned, let verse 11, I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well fed or hungry, or living in peace or in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How is that possible? The peace of God is with him and the peace of God is in him. Why? Because of what he thinks. But don't just stay with think. And then we go to ponder because it's got to be connecting head and heart. What does it mean to live as a true follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a noble follower of Jesus. Ponder, and you practice. You practice. So I just gave this example last, last service. I'm in a situation recently where someone was very angry at us, the church, and me. And so I was in a public place, and the person was yelling at me. And um, so public, I'm being yelled at, and so I'm just praying. And, and because I'm memorizing, so give me your mind, Jesus, give me your mind. So the person is yelling at me and, and unhappy some things, and some of this is very valid, I'm not criticizing him at all. And 
I felt a sense of the Holy Spirit to remember something my dad taught me, and I learned to be a non-anxious presence by learning from my dad. Whatever you have heard or seen in me, so I watched my father do this. So my man is yelling at me, and I remember what my dad did when he, I saw him being yelled at. It was very public, LA Times was there in LA and all kinds of stuff. I watched my dad slowly lower his voice. Stand regally as the person is yelling and responded with less volume. As the person is yelling at me, the volume decreased, the volume decreased. And when he stopped yelling, I said, can we go talk privately? No, I'm trying to model a noble response. So in a hard time, in a hard place, if we have the mind of Christ, we will do what Jesus would have done. We will step into, but if I'm thinking about what is not true, what is impure, what is not trustworthy, what is not excellent, then my response to that guy would have been, you want, you want to go toe-to-toe? Come on, let's go. That's the flesh. Remember what I said to you several years ago, we talked about agapao? I said, let's not be Christians, let's be disciples of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is someone who lives as though Jesus Christ were living his life through you. So we don't try to be loving. We don't try to be patient. We don't try to be kind. We just are. Because we have the mind of Christ. Because we think like Jesus thinks. He has, he has given us his mind. Brothers and sisters, you have to do some, you have to do, cooperate with the spirit who lives in you. There are ways as you are wired. How can you, the way you're wired, how can you think about what is true and ponder it and practice it? How can you think about what is noble and ponder it and practice it? And it's going to take time. But as you do, look for some people who you trust, who you know do carry the mind of Christ and learn from her. Learn from him. And then watch what happens. So let me conclude with this. Um, action steps, uh, number slide 10. So here's the action step. We, they're saying every week. Would you just, if you could, just keep reading Philippians 4, 8, and 9, and if you're able to start to memorize it, let that happen. Worship, enter worship from a different door. So I started two weeks, three weeks over there, and then I parked over there, and this week I'm over here. Why? Why, why, why are we asking this a stupid thing? We're trying to physically invite you to think differently. And how about this? Park somewhere else and walk. Just, this is, not being, this, is, this is not rocket science here. We're trying to give very simple ways to say, could you start to engage your mind in different ways? Does this make sense to you? So we're going to keep pushing farther and farther into this. Now, I've written a prayer that kind of ties this all together. So could uh, I invite you to just take a moment. Let's take a moment of silent reflection. What might the Holy Spirit be saying to you this morning? 
about being a noble person? Could you just inquire of the Lord? What might it mean to me, could you ask, to live as one who is noble, carrying the mind of Christ? Would you pray for an anointing from the Holy Spirit to to practice the mind of Christ this week? Would you pray for willingness in some setting to be a noble person? So let me close with prayer. Lord Jesus, our cry to you is that your spirit would awaken us to all that is good and right and true about you. What is beautiful and lasting about your character, Lord Jesus? What is so amazing about your love? Our cry is that you would shape our hearts so that we will love what is honorable and will abhor what is disgraceful that we will live and act and speak in right ways, that we will turn from unjust injustice and ungodliness, that we will pursue pure purity and celebrate with others what is lovely and loving and commendable. Lord Jesus, our cry is that you'd help us to recognize excellence and fall in love with it, to live from your love and power so that the totality of our lives reflect you. Oh Lord our God, help us to think on these good things. Help us by your spirit to practice these good things. And may the flourishing and love that we share be for your glory and your praise. So Lord, we re-surrender our lives to you and pray that we'd honor you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.